Let's take our seats in the heavenly places. Can the elders move forward, please, and, and fill those gaps in the front for me? Well, today I was told that is the last Sunday of the month. Yes? So if today is the last Sunday of the month, one of the things that I do normally with you all is we have just finished the first quarter of this year. The Dickenesses and Dickens can move to the next level, please. To look at your first quarter of the year. Okay? From January till March. To look at your goals you set out to achieve from January. To look at the requests that you give, you presented to God from January. And to tick the box what God has done. Alright? So that you will know how to thank God for it. And also, the things that you are still expecting, maybe some of those things are things you expected to happen before now, and they are still yet to be fulfilled, then you can start praying into that. So that you are a watchman over your own life. I will together now. And what that will give me is that it will ensure with me that you have not missed out anything in your life pursuit this year. There is nothing missing every month you account for each month. And you'll be able to pray more. And then things will happen for you. It wouldn't be that when we get to December or November, you start to worry, Oh, I will have done that. I wanted God to do this for me. It didn't happen. We must, we must be the watchman of our own lives. And we must live our life one day at a time. And account for every day. I will get there now. Now, can I say this to you because today is brief. I'm going to share with you brief. In saying this to you, know this. Keep right these things I'm telling you now. What you are on earth is according to what you determine. Write it down. As what becomes of a man is what the man determines. In other words, the life of a man is in his determination. Second thing, a discouragement is an acceptance of defeat when there is no defeat. Discouragement is a personal acceptance of defeat where there is no defeat. Maybe I may report that to say, it is a virtual deceit, this defeat. It's a virtual, it's an acceptance of virtual this, this defeat. That is what is called discouragement. So it means that for you not to be discouraged is a matter of realization of the truth. For you not to, never to be discouraged is a realization of the truth in everything. In anything that you know the truth, you can never be discouraged. All right. Now, the truth about you is that you are a success and not a failure. 
Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 to verse 14 apply. You are a success. The truth about you is that you are a success. You are not a failure. Another truth about you is that you are a victor. Not a vanquish. First Corinthians chapter 15. Let's look at from verse 52. Then verse 23. Those belong to him. And then verse. Who is on the projector? Please. I hope those who are up there can hear me clearly. Because I mentioned 53. And I saw, 40, uh, I saw 23 there. That's why I asked the question. Fifty-seven. You are a victor. You are not a vanquished. It says, "Thanks be to God, He gives us what victory through our Lord Jesus." Now, it's a summary of the things I began to teach you after our anniversary. You can never fail. You can never lose any battle. A Christian cannot lose a battle. Write that down. You can never be defeated by anything. Okay? Because the Bible says God gives victory. Thanks be to God, He gives us victory. Which means that there will be many battles. So, but the victory has been determined before the battle begins. Are we together now? So, therefore, if you have the knowledge of the truth, alright? You can never be discouraged. The truth is that you are a success or not a failure. The truth is that every battle that comes around you, you will defeat it. You are born to be victorious once you are born again. You have nothing to fear because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You cannot fear the threat of men, the boast of men. The folly of men. Neither can you be afraid of what men say about you. What men say about you is their opinion. Their opinion may be sincere. But if it is not in line with goodness, it is sincerely wrong. I repeat myself. What men say about you may be sincere. It may be their sincere opinion. Are you with me now? A fool will speak according to the level of folly that dwells within him. Though folly looks like knowledge. Yet it is fully. A foolish man is not a man who is not educated. It's a man who has no knowledge of God. That's a foolish man. The greatest intellect anybody can have is the knowledge of the living God. Anybody who does not know God through the scriptures is a foolish man. So, therefore, when fully speak, speaks, he speaks fully. For deep color to deep. Therefore, when people speak about you, what is not in line with what is written in this book, Bible? Why should you be moved by it? A foolish man just spoke out of food. If it is not in line with the scripture, they are sincere. Because they cannot see beyond their folly. 
Because they do not have the spirit of wisdom living in them. Who is Christ himself. But they are sincerely wrong. Because their word has not mingled with wisdom. Which comes from the living God. Which means their word cannot come to pass. It is their opinion about you. But that is not who you really are. I am what the Bible says I am. Say that after me. I am what the Bible says I am. I am not what the Bible says I am not. If you are going through times in your marriage, that doesn't mean that it's a bad marriage. Because the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that there will be bad time and good time. God created them all. Hallelujah, somebody. Sometimes when God wants to teach you a lesson and you have not been listening, He will teach you through practical. Amen? And so the practical will be that a little ruffle of feathers and a little turbulence in the flight, a little decompression and oppression, but the flight is still flying. Come on now. You are still flying high. You know, today is Mother's Day. And mommy called me to come and prophesy over the women. And I will do that with you here. But what I see God wanting to do today, I can cut the spirit. You need to really know who you are. You are more than what you think you are. A failure is not somebody who tried and failed. It's a person who gave up in life. So don't let your age, your inability, handicapping, your geographical location of birth or circumstance of family life, turbulence of marriage or turbulence of family, don't let that determine who you are. Because those things did not come before you. They came after you have been determined and programmed by God of heaven. And what God programmed you, that's what you really are. Maybe in the making. So therefore, I want to encourage you, it doesn't matter where you are in life now. Alright, the best of you is yet to be revealed. I love you. It doesn't matter who, do, who hates you. If you're a member of CFT, I love you. If people hate you, it doesn't matter. I'm better than them who hate you. <laughs> Amen. I am better than them who hate you, you know. Hallelujah, somebody. If you don't know that I'm better, I am just better than them who hate you. Anybody who stands in the council of God cannot hate you. Are you with me now? I love you. I love you because the one who created you loves you. The Bible says, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, and he did what? He gave his only begotten son. Amen. That whosoever believes in him shall not what? Not perish. Peril is not your destiny. I say you will not perish. He said, but have everlasting life. That is your life. But God did not send his son to the world that he may condemn the world. But that the world might be saved through him. But he says those who reject him stand condemned. And you haven't rejected him. So you stand approved. The Lord told me to tell you this. You are entering April. You will forget the sorrow of this month. I will get it now. There is a plan that God has for us in the month of April. You will not miss it. But it's good for you to understand what I'm telling you. Because what God needs from you is just trust and confidence in Him, which is faith. You are entering the new month. Just trust and confidence. Whatever you have asked from God, okay, which you are from January up to now, and you are struggling about it, don't worry. That is part of the delicacies. Sometimes we have to fight to get things. 
I was prophesying over the women just a few minutes ago in New Cross. There are some things that the Holy Spirit spoke through me and I'll tell you. The Holy Spirit said to me, said through me, that women die for their children to be born. Unique, uniqueness of femi- feminine person, a woman. Okay? When a woman was, was going to give birth, life coming out of her, she dies and life comes out and God puts her life back to her. Those that when they, lie, when they die and the baby is coming out, by the time the baby is coming out, they are dead. Those who God did not restore the life to, the baby will come out, they can't wake up again. Okay? And the Lord told me that because you died for life to come out of you, and when that life comes out of you, you fed that life with your breast. It is sowing. The Lord said to me that you raised that life till it became a man. And the Lord said, I should speak to you. In this season, you will, you will receive the reward of what you have sown. Yeah. Everything that I've tried to eliminate your children from you, they shall fail completely. Yeah. I will together now. It's a mystery of women. The uniqueness of women over men. That's the reason why the affection of a woman to a child is different from the father. The father can never attain it. Because the child didn't live in your body. It didn't grow in your body. The child did not suck your breast. I would gather now. That is the uniqueness of a woman. Women should be celebrated. And women should celebrate themselves. Because at least you are, you are stronger than men in that. I can, if, if God made men to be pregnant, all men would be dead. <laughs> including myself. I tell you, the pain of, uh, of childbirth, some of us just had pain in our finger, it caught, and we screamed God out of our lives. Are we together now? Woman, to me, woman, they may be a weaker sex created in anatomy, but they are stronger than men. Look at who, who provides food for the man to eat. It's a woman. The man gives the money. You can't eat your money. She's the one who translates the money into what you can eat. And if you take a woman out of the house, the man is just finished. It is it's like a, a bulb without electricity. <laughs> a good cosmetic. I would gather now. So women do that. If you look at woman, lion, and the lioness and the lion. Lion kill. A lioness kill. And the lion come to eat. And I was watching one just when I came back from Nigeria now. And when lioness finished killing the, the animal, a, a, a useless, lazy bump, buffoon, lion, who was sitting down when they were hunting, doing the game and hunting, he started coming and he went, and everybody left. And he I said, what a greedy man you are. He ate his fill, and then all the, all the lioness came with their children, you know. So if we say that who is the greater among man and woman, I think it's the woman. You didn't clap for me. You man, listen to me. I don't care whether you like me or not. <laughs> woman is the greater. I mean, you can you can live in a world without men. You can't live in a world without women. That's the reason why when God created them, He called them. The, the man named them Eve, which means light or life. 
in Genesis 3. Two, life or light. So therefore, before we go ahead, I will say to you woman, celebrate yourself. Enjoy yourself to the maximum. Do not let anybody put you down. The words I've spoken to you this morning is enough for you as a compass for your life. What you are is what God made you to be. The test of time does not determine who you are. It brings the better out of you. What you must not accept is discouragement because it is a virtual defeat. Okay? Do not accept to be discouraged. If nobody encourages you, encourage yourself. That's what I do. Look at myself. What a handsome man you are. I talk to myself. I like your nose. I like your eyes. Uh, Hallelujah. I like the way you walk. I like your mouth. That mouth you are using to eat, I like it. I like your hand. I like your heart. I like your soul. Your thoughts. Celebrate yourself. I would gather now. We just came back from onslaught in Nigeria. It was a fantastic going. And I, I was shocked by two of the members who came, brother. What's your name again, brother? And sister. Sister Duru. Both of them, I just saw them in the congregation. I said, oh my. Where did you guys leave London? You know, London. I didn't know they left. But they had planned to go and be with me in the crusade. And we were together in each of the crusades. Uh, uh, brother um, Adi, come and tell me the testimony of that man. You were in the PVM. Okay, you are not on the Sunday. Nirazak. Okay, ma'am, you come and tell us. Because women do better on Women's Day. <laughs> You know that her, how is our sister? She looks like 50, isn't it? She's in her 70s now. Ne- nearly 70. You will not know that she looks, uh, she looks very, very young. Tell us, what's, what, is your, what, what is the testimony of Mr. Razak and what is, your, what is your opinion or impression? Praise the Lord. Yeah, the man said that uh, one of the members invited him to the crusade and he said, ah, you these uh, Christian people, you market things you are all doing, it's all business and all that. He said, I'm not coming, leave me. And the woman said, no, you just come and see this one. And be, lo and behold, when, when he came and then he saw what the Lord had brought through Apostle, and then Apostle didn't ask for any donation or anything. He said, ah, this one is a different one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And he gave his life to Jesus and he came to service on Sunday and then testified. I think Apostle should play the clip for us. Yeah, because the man was just, it was just too much. <laughs> Put your hands together for sister. Do you know, I didn't know all my life, I grew in Lagos, born in Lagos, but I never knew all my life that the place called Agigi is 95% Muslims. So, Pastor Dapo and the entire team, they did a fantastic job, a great work of faith and planning to put a crusade for me at the Agigi Stadium. But when he told me that they are predominantly Muslim, I said, good. That's where I love to go. Where they worship idols and they believe that Jesus will not thrive. 
where they serve the devil and they believe that light cannot dawn. That's where my, my muzzle flex. I love it more than any other place. So I told pastor you will see some, some, some interesting jokes. And so, we were believing God seriously for the Muslims to be born again. And God gave us hardcore Muslims. The issue with that brother Razak, I will send the name for him, is that one of the members of London who now went home just flagged the taxi and it was brother Razak. And the taxi, he said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to Agate Stadium. What are you going to do there? He said, I'm going for a crusade. He said, ah, okay. All of you are liars. He said, all churches are enterprise. He said that all churches are looking for money. All the ministers is your money they are looking for. So she refused to speak because she was a Muslim herself. I would be now. It's Dekene's mother. And so, when they got to the stadium, the man parked his car in the stadium, and this is the crusade. But I began to preach about that man, Jesus. And when I was preaching about that man, Jesus, the man said he was hearing the message, and he said to himself, this is a different message to what I used to hear in Nigeria. And the man came down from his car and sat at the back. This is a Muslim who prays five times a day. Very hard call. When I gave an altar call, I recognized he was the one in front of the queue. He ran out to give his life to Jesus. Then he said that at the end of that altar call, he expected that we would take an offering. But people were just dancing and celebrating. No offering will close. So he now said, I'm coming the second day. But on the second day, the same woman who brought her flagged another taxi. And it was a Muslim, another Muslim. And that tells you that the statistics of Muslim in that area is correct, even if not lesser than what we say. And so, when that other Muslim came, he sat in his car. And I continue to preach about that man, Jesus. Because what do you preach in crusade? It's about Jesus. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And how he went about. God anointed him with Holy Spirit and power. And how he went about doing good. And I was sharing with them healing, healing manifestations in the Bible. Which Jesus had done in this church. I remember that one of the testimonies I shared with them was the woman of the issue of blood. To help them understand that Bible is not a history book, it is a current manifestation of God's power. And I showed them in the Bible how the woman with the issue of blood in the book of Mark 5 said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And she was made whole. And I told them about the woman who was healed in this church with issue of blood. I'm sure that it is similar because the Bible says that the issue of the blood of the woman dried. So which means that the part she had, blood vanished. But we were here one of the days in uh, 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 um, um, Town Hall when a woman came to our meeting here who has issue of blood. Haven't just the same case with her, with this woman in the Bible. She tried everything she failed and then she said she won't come to church anymore. And then somebody told her that, look, this church is a new church. Come. If you, don't, if you find it like the ones you have been going, don't come again. 
So she came, not because she believed God for healing, but she wanted to come and test whether what she heard about the church is true. Whether they preach the truth. And as I was standing beside her preaching, something came out of my body like an electric shock. And we saw it hit the woman and the woman slumped to the ground. I kept on preaching. She remained on the floor after grace for another one hour. She got up. She ran to the toilet and she brought out her pad. While she was sitting in the church, she went to the toilet to check her pad. It was soaked with blood. But not very soaked. She said she would go back in another uh, 30 minutes. It would have been very, very soaked and she would remove it. Every woman have all these uh, uh, beautiful things in their bag. Her bag is always full of pads. Because she changes her pads probably once in an hour or two hours. She gushes out of her body. But when she brought the pad out that was wet, she was dazed as to fall into the ground because the blood stain had vanished in the brand new pad. Not only that, that was when she screamed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And she ran out screaming and shouting. As it was in the beginning, so it is now. And we saw the hand of God heal many people. And that Muslim, second, the second Muslim ran to the pulpit to accept Jesus Christ. We saw a good number of Muslims saved during this meeting. You know, the salvation of those category of Muslims gives me more joy than raising the dead. Because they were raised from death to life by the power of Jesus Christ. But what amazed them was that um, they were in the meeting right through and we didn't take an offering because the Lord had told us that when we do open air crusade, we should not take an offering. Now, let me say this to you, the Christ of Tabernacle. If you are invited by any church meeting, any church person, let me face television. Shoot me well. I want to address um, God's people both here and across the globe. Now, a Muslim man who gave his life to Christ in my crusade in Agege Stadium last week came to the church on Sunday and said, you know, I, was, I finished ministry and I said, can I say something? You know he's a Muslim. He was a Muslim. He doesn't know the protocol in church. He just said, can I say something? And I said, take microphone. <laughs> After I finished preaching. That's how it was. It felt so you know, impressive on him. And the man said to me, he said that, um, having told us the fact that when he was asked to come to the crusade, he told the person inviting her that, look, uh, him, that, look, all Christians are fraud. All their ministers are liars. They are all money making, looking for your money and all stuff like that. Because he said, when you go to any meeting, they'll be raising money all the time. But she said, he said that he was amazed that in the crusade, we did not take an offering. And he said that when he had the message, he gave his life to Jesus. And he said, these people, it is their God. I said, because the man openly said, because of the way churches raise fund money, people like him have been discouraged to accept Jesus Christ. Because they believe solidly that the church of God is an enterprise rather than a place. He really said the statement that, I believe there is nobody serving God anymore in Nigeria. 
But let me say this to you, and I will want all of you. Any meeting conducted by any minister, either they call it seminar, they call it convocation, convention, and they charge registration fee. It is not of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Know that what I'm telling you. It does not matter what they claim to be. I have never seen in the Bible when Jesus went to feed the 5,000, which is, uh, you know, retrospectively 15,000 plus without counting women and children. Where I counting the women and children, they will be about 15,000 plus. Now, when Jesus fed them and he fed the other 7,000, he did not take offering in the open air. You know? And I think that uh, the present church of God today have been so messed up by people who have gone in the name of the Lord, but they have no contact or communication with the God of the name. And you Christians, anybody who charge for convention registration fee or for any Christian gathering a registration fee, don't go there. You will only meet man. You can never find Jesus in those places. And that's why I do not do that. Listen, therefore, for you, this is our first year, a first month of our new year. I have just few scriptures I'll give you, another 10 minutes, and I'll stop. The first scripture you must write down is Acts 10:38. Shall we read it together, please? This is Cathedral. Shall we read it again, please? Is God with you? So you are anointed. <laughs> the reason why Jesus performed miracles is because God was with him. And the same God with Jesus Christ is with those who believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and power and he went about doing good and healing everyone under the power of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Let's look at John 3.16. Write it down. John chapter 3.16. What does it say? Shall we read it together? Look at the next verse. And the next verse. Stop. I don't want to go to the other one because I'm talking to you who believed. You are not condemned. That's what I was telling you. I don't care what people say about me. Have you seen flesh that loves success? No. When you want to make a good move in life, your body is your first enemy. To try to disturb and hinder you that you can make it. 
Your mind is your second enemy. Who will, he will tell you several reasons why you are not qualified to be what you intend to be. There are three voices that speak in man. The voice of God, which tells you destiny. The voice of your spirit, which can be subject to God, or the third voice, the, the voice of the devil. Every good thing, gift, and perfect gift come from above. They come from the Father of light, with whom there is no variableness, not a shadow of turning. Now, let me say this to you, therefore. God loves the world which we wear. He gave Jesus that anyone who believes in him will not perish. So we have believed in him. And if somebody is listening to me now who had not believed, you must believe. I don't tell sinners, please, could you consider? You have nothing to consider. Because when you hear my voice anytime, it may be the last time you leave. Therefore, the Bible says in the past God overlooked errors of man. But in these days he has commanded all men to be saved. Why must I command you to be saved? Anybody who knows a good thing and does not do it, he, he, he has committed sin. Anybody who knows a good thing and, you know, he cannot tell other people, then he must be the greatest of sinners. I know God is good. I will together now. Don't care, don't worry about what some people have made God to you. I am making God to you what is written in the scripture. I am a clergyman, but I'm not a foolish man. I do not believe as a human being. Put clergy aside. I grew as a young boy, believing in reality of life. I don't live visual at all. My, my plight for reality had driven me into many things, and everything I got into, I got to the top. That was why I was Nigerian boxing champion, 1973-74. I beat everybody that, have, that fought with me, gave them knockouts. Hallelujah. Not by the Holy Spirit, but by my, my, my zeal to just be real. Just to be real, amen? So now that I serve God, I serve God just like that, the same way, man. Hallelujah, somebody. I don't believe in being a Christian and being afraid of the devil, or being a Christian and afraid of some demons, or being a Christian and afraid of some, some occult or some people who make threats and boasting. I don't believe in that. You are either born again or you are not born again. And if you are born again, the Bible says you are not given the spirit of fear that you will fall back into slavery. So if you are still fighting with fear, give your life to Jesus now. Because if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in man, it transforms you completely. God loved the world, he gave his son. And you know John chapter 1 verse 12. Let's read it together. Write the scriptures down. Shall we read it together? Are you one of them? If you are one of them, wave your hands to me. Come on now. You are children of God, the owner of the kingdom. Hallelujah, somebody. To those who receive him, God gave them to be children of God. That is what pushes me. 
I have somebody inside me. He's unbeatable. That's why I go all over the whole place looking for somebody that will defeat the God in me. And they fail. In India, they fail. In Jebu, they fail. In Cameroon, they fail. Everywhere I went, they fail. No power could confront the power in you. You will never know how much you got if you are truly born again until the devil confronts you. Are we together now? Uh, but then you must really, if you are listening to me, be sure you are born again. Be sure you are born again. Because I will help you understand about who are born again. The evidence of those who are born again. Very briefly. So, those who receive him here will know that they are called sons of God, isn't it? Yes, sir. Come on now, church. Yes, so you are a child of God, isn't it? Yes, sir. If you didn't say yes, it means you are not sure. Are you a child of God? Yes. Look at the mouth of the person beside you and say whether you are a child of God. Let him answer, are you a child of God? Yes. Is that somebody whose mouth is heavy? Somebody who cannot speak like he is a child of God? Somebody who is still considering whether or whether or not Brother Razak will come and preach to you, amen? <laughs> if you put microphone in that man's hand, he will preach a sermon, I tell you. You will see him on the video on Overcomers, this Friday's Overcomers. We will have gotten the video and we will play it to you. How angrily the man was speaking. I wish I had known this one long ago. Now, write down. Benefits of those who are born again now. John 1, 16. Let's see. What does it say? Shall we read it together, please? From the fullness of His grace. Read it again like the cathedral will read. From the fullness. Read it again. I'm hearing God. Say to yourself, so you can never be cursed according to the scriptures. Woe to those who point finger to Christians to say they are cursing them. If, the, if curse affects anybody who claims to be a Christian, it's because that person is not born again. People go to church, doesn't mean they are born again. People go to church doesn't mean they are born again. I will gather now. That's the reason why you must be very sure you are born again. Look, let me see. <laughs> From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing. Look at the next verse, 17. It says to you, distinction. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and what? Came through who? So the truth you don't know is the truth you did not turn your heart to know. Either by yourself, about yourself, about somebody else, about the world around you. Because truth came from Christ. So those who receive Christ have access to the truth. They have the ability to know the truth. Beginning from the expressed truth to the implied truth. Hidden truth. You can inquire of God, and you can hear God. You can see. Your dreams can change if you are born again. 
Encounters will come if you are born again. Now, let me give you just a few privileges of those who are born again. Look at the book of Hebrew, chapter 1, verse 14. And what does it say? Hebrew 1, 14. Benefits of those who are born again. Shall we read it together, please? Shall we read it again? So all angels means all angels. Write this down. The book of Revelations chapter 12 from verse 7 talks about some angels that were kicked out of heaven. Isaiah 14 from verse 11 talks about the same devil. And then Ezekiel chapter 28 from verse 12. Both of them from 12. Isaiah 14, 12. Ezekiel 28, 12. It talks about the devil. As angel. And all demons were angels before. But they were kicked out from heaven in Revelation chapter 12. Now, if Hebrews says are not all angels ministering spirit, include demons. Now, the difference between the angels of God who hold their stand and the angels who have fallen, which are the evil spirits, is this. The evil spirits, they are, all of them are servants to serve those who will inherit salvation. But the fallen angels cannot serve those who inherit salvation because to serve and minister to them, you need to hear from God. So, they are servants classified as slaves. That's the reason why Jesus said in the book of Matthew 28, verse 29, uh, sorry, 28 from verse 18, 19, that all authorities in heaven and earth are given unto me, therefore go. Okay? And then the book of Luke, chapter 10, from verse 18, it says, I see the devil fall like lightning, 17, 18. I have given you power over all the parts of the devil, and nothing of him by any means shall hurt you. Jesus says so. So, demons therefore cannot have the power to hurt you if you remain a saint of God. But all angels, Gabriel, Michael, and the rest of them, not mention the Bible, their names. They have only one command to bless you. Benefit of salvation. Angels will bless you. L- listen to me. Let me say something to you. Somebody died in Second Kings 4. And that person died. And, uh, you know, left death. And the person was a child of God. How can a child of God die and live death? The only reason why that can happen for a child of God to be poor, to be bankrupt, and to die with death is he did not obey the rules of the scripture concerning prosperity. Alright? You can be born again. It doesn't mean you are hardworking. Proverbs says, 6 says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of arms, then poverty will jump upon you like camp robber. And that is either you are born again or not born again. There are rules for living. 
And in the book of Deuteronomy 28, 1, it says that if you fully obey me, then all these blessings will follow you and they will overtake you. So, for that prophet, therefore, he was a prophet of God, but he did not obey the rules of, of prosperity. That is, given unto God and the hard labor. Really, let me say this to you. How can a prophet who is a friend of Elisha die in, in just so miserable? He, oh, and he did not have the common sense to recognize that. Why can't I ask from my friend Elisha, who has the influence with the kings and all the authorities? They come to him. If you have a friend who has so much influence and you, you, have, you don't have money, what first thing will you do? You go to your friend. Not only that, Elisha has the power to bring money where there is no money. By authority. He has the prophetic power. He had done it before him. They told him that the water is bitter. He said, you don't need to suck it out. Just give me salt. And he threw salt into the water. And then the water became sweet. Oh, master, master, we lost our axe. The metal. He said, where did it sink? They said, in that place. And he said, give me a stick. And he took a stick. He threw a stick into the spot where the metal axe head, you know, sank. And reverse the law of flotation. Archimedes' principle was reversed. And together, but yet this man died, having such a friend. He must have undermined who Elijah was. And when the, the people who snatched the children came, the wives of the wife opened. And the wife went to the, to the man of God. And the man of God said, What do you have? He said, A little verse of all. And the man of God said, Okay, go borrow barrels, empty barrels. Hallelujah. And he said that, boys, he said, lock your door and boys, listen to me, therefore. If you are born again, you have a benefit to succeed in everything. You have a benefit of angels to serve you. When the man of God said that, Paul, who made those small oil fill the drums? It is angels of God. It is angels of God. Listen to me. When you ask God for success and physical activities begin to change around you, who is behind it? It is angels of God. They obey the bidding of God. I was just saying to them in New Cross now, you know, God is so much enormous in power that he can, he can look at tragedy rushing towards you. And that tragedy has surrounded you. And without any doubt at all, you are finished. One nanosecond for that thing to take you out, he blows his breath, and that's it. Everything that surrounds you will vanish. You are still there expecting that you are dead in the next second, only to look around you, and everything that surrounded you overnight is gone. It is God who can do that. It is God who can help a student in school. Having read so much, and question came before you, all things in your mind black straight away. Yes? And he looks at you. He leaves you for a few minutes to crack your brain. You can't bring anything out of that brain. And suddenly, as you put your pen to the ground, bow your heads on your paper, it seems as if a computer was open in your head. And you pick your pen until the end of the paper, 
you are flowing. And your failure became distinction. It is God who does that. A woman who has been told that you can never have a child. And you have grown beyond menopause. No more blood coming out. No more menstruation. And then suddenly it seems she was sick. They discovered that grandmother is pregnant. There is a God in heaven. So you don't lose any good thing by being born again. You gain everything by being born again. Angels serve those who are born again. They walk with those who are born again. You don't have to pray for them to come. They have to stand by you waiting for instruction in your prayer that they may see something to do for you. When I was in university at the beginning of my life, I was doing land surveying and mapping sciences. And the Lord Jesus would appear to me before exam, a day before exam. He would take me to the, to the classroom and he would do his hand like this. And the question would come out, asked in the paper. And he said, do you understand? He said, I don't understand. He said, okay, I know this. I don't know that. Okay. He will, he will do his hand like this. All the answers will appear. And when he tells me, do you understand? When he asked ask me the second time, all what he wrote there will just into my head. And I wake up. I will regurgitate the questions. Write it. One, two, to the end. Okay. My mate, the first day I gave it to my mate, they took the answers. One of my uh, uh, mates, Pius Atubi, he took it to the hall, exam hall, and he was reading. He was reading. When he read the first one, he saw it was correct. He just kept on writing everything. I got 90 something, he took God 90 something. But the lecturer knew that he didn't know it. Hello, somebody. In this church, when I gave the testimony, there was one of my, my members among you, Pastor Emmanuel, who decided to go and do, uh, ask God, that, God, how did you reveal to, to Apostle? And he was doing banking practice paper two. I don't know about banking, but I know paper two <laughs> of banking practice. <laughs> and then he was in the, in, the, in the hall with Pastor Sidney, they were reading. Suddenly, he just went to a little, like a sleep. You know, which is a trance because he was hearing people while he was in the other end. And he saw banking practice in part two. Answer, whatever, question one, question two. So he started reading it. He said, with eagerness he was reading. And because he was too eager, he read three questions and then he woke up. Oh, God! He said, he passed it that year. I'm giving you evidence of God. What is available to you if you can walk faithfully before him? I would get that. Don't let me talk about currently what I'm going through. You, are all, you all know it. School for me now is just like, um, you know, a hobby. Going to play guitar. <laughs> or, or, you know, going to play drums. Education for me now. At my age, God just reversed my brain. That reading just became like, you know, somebody feeling hungry and you ate. God can do. A friend of mine, God did not call him until he was 80 years old. Alright? All his life to 80 years old unfulfilled. He was trained as a mighty man. A commander and he was trained as a shepherd 
And then 40 years, 80 years, God said, come, I have a job for you. You are now just going to fulfill your mandate. How can an 80-year-old man, where will he begin from? That is God for you. Because he started late, God added 40 years to his year. And the Bible says that Moses was 120 years old, his eye did not grow dim. God told them to leave Israel. They came out with one shoe. They did not remember they had one shoe for 40 years. When 40 years was over, God asked them that, since you came from, from Israel, did you bath? No, we didn't bath. Are you smelling? No, we didn't smell. God asked them, where did you wash your clothes? Which river? They said, we didn't wash our clothes. Really, by the way, God, we didn't change our shoes. Yeah, he said that I kept them up for you for 40 years. That is God for you. That is God for you. They did not know why they were working with God. That they don't need to change their shoes. Their shoes never grow old. It never fades. Their clothes never fade. It's always new every day. Listen to me. I know of a God who told a man to leave the land of Haram. And that man left the land of Haram. And then he got to uh, a place and he settled down. He relaxed. It's like somebody who started your life ambition and at a particular age you gave up. And God left him. So when he now became older, God said now, as I was saying to you some years ago, can you now start moving? <laughs> start moving. He God, where? He said to the promised land. Promised land, okay. And then he went. When he got to the promised land, God said, I'm taking you to the land flowing with milk and honey. The moment he got to the promised land, in Genesis 12, when he entered promised land, the Bible says, and there was famine. Is there famine in your promised land? God caused it. I have been through a period in my life that I enter examination hall. Every knowledge, I read to the place whereby all the book disappeared in my brain. As I was looking at my paper, I was looking at it. Everything I read, I know I read them. I know I knew them before I entered, but it vanished. And I put my pen on the ground and I bowed my head on my paper. <laughs> that is where your friend is not. <laughs> if you are married, your husband or wife is not there. Even if you call them, they can't answer you. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Ah, I didn't mind devil because it has nothing to do with devil. It has to do with man. Anxiety sometimes makes your brain just blank. And God sometimes can just blank it off. I say, Lord, now help me. Five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes. The lecturer said, Alfred, any problem? No problem. And suddenly, like a person who just woke up from stupor. The same thing I read, my eyes went blank as I read again. <laughs> I wrote until they said, pens up. I was still penning down. It is gone. My wife has been in plane crashes. Seven. One of the planes broke into two. She did not die. One of the days I haven't married her, I went to pick her in the airline, Nigeria Airways. They told me that my wife-to-be, her plane crashed. I said, what do you say? 
He said, I think I said, okay, tomorrow I come and carry her. The, the man said to me that, are you normal? I said, I'm normal. Because we soon know who is not normal. He said to me that the plane caught fire. Whether it's in Nikotekpane or wherever. Or he said, their plane caught fire. That's all we have had. I said, yes, I don't dispute it. If he caught fire, if my wife is, is my wife in that place? Say yes, she's in that place. I said, God told me that I would marry her. I haven't yet. <laughs> we haven't done the wedding. Because my wedding, I haven't married her yet. I said, you don't understand. Tomorrow I'm coming to pick her up. I was not a pastor. I was an ordinary Christian like him. So I just left the man who can understand. I went to him. I told my dad, that, oh, they said my wife uh, to be plane crash. Uh, she'd be okay. Funny morning I came there. When I came there, my wife was sitting down. I, I said, where is the manager? I said, I've come to pick my wife. He looked at me and said, what kind of a man are you? What kind of a man am I? A man foolish to the things of this world. That I may gain knowledge of the spirit. If the Bible says something as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter who on earth says different. I cannot believe you. You must be a liar. Let Bible be true. I've given you enough benefits about those who believe in Jesus. Finally, write this down. John five, first John five eighteen. Shout it together, please. Read it again. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Mm-hmm. The one who was born of God keeps him safe. And the evil cannot happen. The evil one cannot do what? So where do you get people prophesy and say that, ah, what did you do for them that they destroy you like this? Oh, what did you do for them? If you have not been born again, then that's only what you did for them. The evil one cannot harm you. Your harm is not in the hand of Satan. Let me help you understand something. What about if the devil afflicts my leg? As far as I'm concerned, he can't harm me. That is no harm. If the devil afflicts my leg, let's say it is the devil who really afflicted my leg. Which means that God permitted that affliction on my body. And the Bible says, Blessed be the God, my rock, who trains my hand for war. So what happened? I declare war. Maybe I've not been praying as I should. God wants to hear my voice anyway. And he knows that when I have pain, I will cry. Hey, Father, help me. I'm hearing you anyway. If it is pain that will make me hear you, you better get that pain. Learn to talk to me every day. Say, Father, now I'm not talking to you. I command the pain in the name of Jesus. And he takes it away. Has the devil harmed me? No! He has only helped me to get closer to God. The evil one cannot harm you. Satan doesn't have a power over anybody that is washed by the blood of Jesus. It does not happen. Don't let anybody deceive you. Anybody who say contrary to what I say, let him be accursed. I have taken six months old Christian in this church. To a place called Uja. Uja was a place, is a place in Nigeria 
where when people die, they bury them vertically. A corpse must be buried standing. So the hole they dig, the grave they dig is a circle. They don't dig grave rectangular. And they dig it as a circle because the person digging the grave must be buried with the, with the dead. Through their medium. Alright? They use storm to fight. They will invoke storm. That round wind. Tornadoes or whatever you call it. That goes round like this and it will clear everything. When the wind is going, it will clear everything there. Remove trees and all stuff like that. What do you call that? Tornadoes or hurricane? Tornadoes. Tornadoes. <laughs> is that what you call it? Tornado, I call it. What are you talking? Tornadoes. Oh, God help me. I should go back to Nigeria. Say tornado. Say tornadoes. Can you imagine? They are even polishing his name. That bad thing. They, tornadoes. Okay, whatever the case may be. They, these people will invoke by demons tornadoes, as you said. <laughs> if I was in Nagege Stadium now, I would say tornado. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Just for you to understand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's the matter with you, by the way? <laughs> now, listen to me. So, while we are coming from Lagos, they located us. Okay? Pastor Dakpo was driving my car. And suddenly that white wind descended right in front of my car. <sighs> Pastor drove straight into it and passed through it. The next car that followed me, that, that wind blew that car up. Rotated the car and took the car to the other part of the motorway facing the oncoming vehicle. Every vehicle stopped. So, Pastor Dakwa now had to park. Ah, what is happening at the back? He rebuked in the name of Jesus for the salvation of those people. That car did not somersault. It landed back with his tires by the decree of heaven. Do you know something? People ran to Pastor Dakwa and said that, Who are you? That you passed through that wind. The next vehicle was taken out by the wind. Who are you, by the way? You must be somebody. Are you a man of God? He said, yes. He said, this is the car of my father, Apostle Alfred Williams. He said, I don't care the wind. How can the wind carry his car? Dad drove into it. Understand. When we got to the village, what I'm saying is that nothing of Satan has power over you. When we got to the village, I was teaching the ministers. New converts of CFT, six months old, I took them for, for practical mission. Okay? And they all sat down. All the pastors were there from various villages. I told them when I first came, I went to see the head of that village. That what, one thing I come to do is that I heard that the devil has tormented you here for years. I want to come and take that devil away. So that you can have peace. In that place are various sickness and diseases. Even a man came with hunchback. The people who are blind and their socket have gone inside. Where devil is, you have a lot of evil happening. So they sat me down and tutored me on the diabolism of these people. How diabolical they are. I said, okay, no problem. I too am very, very dangerous. 
Are we together now? Because there's nothing that we can do for, to you. Nothing, nothing. Jesus says that, the Bible tells you that, nothing by any fashion or any means. So that's not any means. By any means. Either they went to the air, they are underground, they are in the water, they call your name from the ocean, they call your name from the, from the wilderness. Ah, read, read numbers now, chapter 22 to, 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 to 25, and see what God did. Everywhere Satan went to try and curse his name, he couldn't curse them. When he opened his mouth, he blessed them. That's you too. I said, that is you. As I was teaching, the wind came. The wind descended behind me. The whole bush forest, destroying trees and everything. I just kept on teaching them. You know, in my heart, my, my new members who are just six months in Nigeria, they were there sitting down. Within six months, they have overcome fear. If you are in CFT and you are still afraid, be born again. It's because you have been coming to add to bench, no, not bench here, to chair. But you didn't give your life to Jesus. If you listen to any minister outside me and you follow what they say, you will go to where they are going. Are you with me now? Only a man can have only one father at a time. Are you with me now? At least what I'm telling you, I do. Uh-huh. So if you listen to people who don't do what they say, then it's a problem. I kept on preaching. And the minister stood up. Blah, 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 blah. I said, Shh, quiet. Speaking in tongue over wind. If that wind has sense, he will not come here. Why are you speaking in tongue over wind? Leave him alone. Wind is a messenger. He's doing his own job. He has eyes he can see. When the wind came, violently throwing things all over. When he got to where I was, where I was was just uh, an uncovered church with a tent. The wind went down. All right? To about 500.5 uh, uh, meters. And split into two. Ask from Pastor Dapp what I'm telling you. And one side, part of the wind went this way along the small fence. Another part went calmly along this other fence. And the pastors were shocked. I kept on preaching. I was teaching them about faith in the name of the Lord when that happened. Why should I fear he who can kill my flesh? And do not fear he who can kill me and throw me to hell. I would rather fear the one who can throw me to hell than the one who can kill my flesh because my flesh can be brought back again to life. And when the wind passed where we were, it came together again, it joined together, and then it went small like that far. And at a distance, he became widely angry again. And I told those pastors that I told you that we have eyes. You don't understand me. A mad dog, no matter how mad he is outside, when he sees his owner, he will stop being mad for a while because the guy can just hit his head. Eh? It was in that meeting that God told me to tell some of you members to pray for the sick. The six months old in Christ with Tabernacle in salvation lay hands on the blind and the socket went boom, miraculously healed. The six months old, the sister, lay hands on the hunchback, and the hunchback man was with a stick with his back bent, and you know, African hunch is like a pyramid. And suddenly it was like that. They had boom, and the hunch vanished, and the, womb, the man was mad, stood up. The place turned upside down. 
It was it was miracle done by the laying hands of six months convert in Christ's tabernacle. I would get it now. And they did it in the place where devil was reigning. We rebuke the spirit of the ancestors that have caused all those rubbish in that place. That is not those ancestors, but the evil spirit they call the ancestral spirit. You know, when they say ancestral spirit, they are talking to demons. They are not human beings. There is no ancestor who has power over his descendants, if he's a human being. But there are some demons who claim to be the ancestral spirits. They are the ones who lie to people who worship them. Roman Revelations 19 talks about them. So therefore, I leave you with this. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Check that. If you have a sin, you continue to go into. But if you are born of God, you are not supposed to do that. We make mistakes. But let me say this to you. To go and sleep with a woman that you are not married to is not a mistake. Or to go and sleep with a man you are not married to is not a mistake. Especially when you are married and you go out of your marriage to go and sleep with somebody else. I mean, it's not a mistake. It is a plot. It it, 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 is a sabotage. It is a deliberate act to hurt the mind of God. To sit down with people and begin to devise evil against somebody else is not a mistake. It is a deliberate act to be reckless in your lips. To insult and talk down people or be proud and arrogant and do not respect those who need to be honored. Either people who are ordained in offices or people who are older than you, even if you are ordained. It's not a mistake. It's a spite against God. If you look at me in this church, the way I relate with everybody, I respect the young and the old. Okay? I don't say that I'm older than this, so I just call him anyhow, any, you know, just call him as if he's nothing. You won't find the apostle who does that here. I will sit with the lowly. I will sit with the lofty. I do not discriminate against anybody because of what his achievement is. While I celebrate the achievers, I give more grace to the humble, to those who have been humble in state. I do not, you do not book to see me. You see me on demand. I'm like, check, credit, credit card, pay on demand. You know why I do that to you? I ask myself first, how would Jesus treat you? The way he will treat you, I will treat you. So if you are born again, you can't do different to what I'm doing. Now, I'm not saying that you cannot be tempted. But if you are tempted, you must say no to the temptation. How long will you, with your own mind, ruin your future? Because what you are doing today is determining what will happen to you tomorrow. God will never spare a sinner. He will punish every ungodliness. I will get it now. So we make up our mind here. I will leave you with this. Those of you who have have claimed to be born again, be really born again. Alright? Don't ever tell God that, oh, this is my anger. From the day you're born again, you lose all those things. Alright? Because it's it's pride that brings anger. Hmm? 
And anger resides in the laughs of what? Fools. That's what the Bible says. So you want to make up your mind that you will live a life that is credit worthy. A thing you cannot say about your sister before her. Why do you say behind her? If people speak anything about your sister behind her, which is not correct, why don't you sharply rebuke them? Why should I be a friend of those who despise my friend? I will never be so. That is hypocrisy. That is the Phariseeism Jesus spoke about. God hates it. What has that done to many of us? It has brought us under unnecessary punishment from God. Because it does not let the guilty go unpunished. Therefore, he that is born of God does not continue to sin. Why? Because the spirit of salvation in him keeps him safe. It hinders him from the company of the wicked. It hinders him from sleeping together or walking together in the ways of the ungodly. It makes his delight to be in the law of God. And in the law of our God, he meditates they are not. Such man can never be hindered by the devil. Come on, let's stand up together. We are going to pray for ourselves. We are going to tell the Lord, help me in this, my Christian race. Begin to pray and ask God. Help me in this, my Christian race. That my life will be a testimony to all. Help me walk with you, Jesus. Tell the Lord, help me to walk with you daily. If you are here and you have not given your life to Jesus, just say to Jesus, Jesus, I love you. I ask you to have mercy on me. Forgive me all my sins. And tell Jesus to save you, and he will do so. Keep me from all wrong. Let me be faithful unto you. Father, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. This is cathedral, isn't it? Somebody say amen. I want to pray one more prayer. Thank God for sparing your life to see this day. And I tell God for sparing my life to see this last Sunday. I have a better tomorrow. Lead me by your spirit as I go into a new month. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Thank you, Father, for letting me see this Sunday, the last Sunday of March 2017. Lord, it means I have a better tomorrow. Something good is for me tomorrow. Great news will come to my house tomorrow. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Tell the Lord, take me by my, your hand. Help me in all my decisions I make. Tell the Lord, direct my thoughts. Direct my actions. Tell the Lord, fulfill my days. Fulfill my life. 
Fulfill my years. April for me shall be a great month. This time next Sunday I will celebrate. Tell the Lord. Let the plans of heaven be fulfilled over me. He says the Lord Almighty has sworn. Surely as I punish, I'll be as I purpose, they will stand. Tell the Lord, let your plans and purposes for me be fulfilled. Yes, Father, Lord, I pray thee. If you have a particular issue for the month of April, ask God. I want this by April. I'll be doing this by April. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I lay this before you, Lord, for the month of April. Help me, Lord. Grant me success. Grant me success. As you granted me victory today, grant me success for the month of April. Tell the Lord Jesus, let your blood distinguish me. Let the blood of Jesus distinguish me. Father, we pray thee. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. As mommy gave instruction, I want to bless you. Do you want to say something before I bless them? Yes. Okay. I have said all. All women, stretch your hands forward. God will put his hand on your hands now. For he that receives a prophet... In my name says the Lord shall receive prophet reward. And so, Lord, I speak your blessing over all these women. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord raise more among you. In line with the Roman chapter 16 women. May the Lord remember you today and bring to pass everything that he has spoken concerning you. Today is a day we remember mothers. The one who visited Elizabeth in her old age, who visited Sarah in her old age, the one who brought water out from the rock. I declare in his name that your Sarah will give birth. Every woman under my voice who had not fulfilled the covenant of childbearing, either they are listening to me here on the internet, on television, I decree. It says in the book of Genesis 1:28 that God blessed them and said, Be fruitful. In Exodus 23, verse 25, Exodus 26, it says, None shall be barren in your land, and none shall miscarry. So, any woman that was said to be barren, I bring you into fruitfulness. Amen. I declare that from this hour, you are no more barren, but you are not fruitful. Amen. The covenant that God made with women in the beginning and said, Be fruitful, release upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. You'll be fruitful in the womb of, in the fruit of your womb. Yeah. You'll be fruitful in the works of your hand. Yeah. You'll be fruitful in your heart and mind. Yeah. 
Like Deborah, a woman who saved a whole generation and a nation from peril of the enemy. I pray that the strength of Deborah will rest upon you all. You will be a life giver in your families. You will be a life giver in your offices. Really, I say, because of your sacrifice and your labor over your family and those of you who are yet to have one, that is what will become of you. The woman is the one who manages a home. And the Bible says a wise woman builds her home, but the foolish one with her hand, she has it down. I decree by the decree of heaven, wisdom to build, wisdom to accomplish, and resources to finish the job. Receive in the name of Jesus Christ. All of you who have given birth to children, because that child lived in your womb, and that child came out of your womb, and that child sucked the breast of your chest, and that child, you died for the child to live. I speak. And you have invested into your children as they grow up. Now I speak in this season. Any one of them that the enemy has hindered from being fruitful so that they can be a blessing to you. I bind such spirit in the name of Jesus. I release your children in the name of Jesus. Anyone that the devil has taken away from you, I command them to be restored back to you in the name of Jesus. The umbilical cord that connects you, that was disconnected by Satan, I connect it back in the name of Jesus. I decree your desires over your children shall be fulfilled. Those that the enemy had taken away or man had taken away, I command them to be restored in the name of Jesus. Every wall of partition between you and your husband and your children, I command the partition to fall in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak in the name of he that lives forever and ever. There are some of you in your marital home, you have been deprived all your life. You have never known how, you know, what it is for a man to care. From today, may the spirit of care enter into your husband. Whatever your husband is not, that he ought to be, I decree that heaven release upon them. Because of you, the Lord will bless your husband. Because of you, the Lord will bless your household. You will be fulfilled. For every commitment you have made to the Lord, I decree heaven will open a book of remembrance concerning you. My God and my King, some are afflicted because they loaded some some food. And the Bible says that in the affliction they cry on the Lord, He sent His word to heal them. Every affliction in the bodies of our women, I cause them to dry up. Every sickness the devil has sent to your body to hinder your role as a woman, I command them to die in the name of Jesus Christ. I command your bodies to be healed. Your liver, your pancreas, your organ, your legs, your hands, your blood, the whole of your 
lymphatic system, the whole of the cell that compose your body, be made whole in the name of Jesus as of Nazareth. You will live your full lifespan. Your role will not be taken by others. Neither will your duty be carried out by others. The Lord will strengthen and enable and empower you. Any one of you that have bad character, that your life is not virtuous, I pray that every virtue from heaven to enter into you. As the Bible says you are light in your home, so shall you be light in your home. Never will you be seen as the one who brings darkness. Never will you be seen as the one who shipwrecks men. The king of heaven back you up in all your endeavors. May you celebrate many more years in bliss of God. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. Lord, I pray for everyone under my voice. Those who are sick, I command they are about to be healed. I pronounce them discharged in the name of Jesus. The powers of Satan will fall before every member of Christ's tabernacle. Deception will never prevail in the life of any member of this house. In all your endeavors, you will succeed. Everything you lay your hands on will prosper. You will be a celebration on a daily basis. Man or spirit will never be able to take your peace. The peace you receive from the Lord, it shall remain with you throughout your lifetime. The covenant of God with me shall be fulfilled in your home. It shall be fulfilled over your life. So shall it be and so it is. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are prayed. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah forevermore. Please, let's be seated. Before we close today, I want to just uh, update you with a few things. This Friday is Overcomers Vigil. And we are having the Overcomers Vigil here. So let's make sure that we come. It is 8. Our normal Friday service is um, it's a 10. But Overcomers Vigil is 8, because that's what we have advertised it for all the time, and we have people coming into it. Now, this Friday, there are four. But every day here, we meet to pray at 7.30. Let me say this to you. If you are a member of this house, we meet to pray here at 7.30. Put for me on the board, Acts chapter 2, verse 20, verse 40. 44 to 46. We meet every Friday. Then every Tuesday, we, we meet every day at 7.30 to pray for one hour. Now, every Tuesday, we have Bible school. And our Bible school is available to all members. In this church, as far as I'm concerned, all members of Christ the Tabernacle must go through Bible school so that you know the Bible I would gather now, if you know the Bible, you cannot be deceived by anybody. No good talk. All right? And the knowledge of the Word of God determines the compass of your life on earth. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be of good health, even as what? Your soul prosper. This book of the Lord shall not depart from where? From your mouth. We have seen many grown to might. 
through the Bible school, which is our midweek service on Tuesday. After the prayer of 7.30, we go straight into the Bible school. And then on Tuesday as well, for those of you who work permanent nights, you can come on Tuesday morning at 10 and join the Shiloh Pillars. They also pray, and we study Bible with them chapter by chapter from Genesis. You see, all these activities is going on in your church. When you will appear before God and the Lord will screen you. That's what he will use to judge you. I told them in New Cross now. You know, when I talk to many of you sometimes, you know, about these things about God, I feel I have the power to open your heart and bury it there and make you do it. But I can't. I don't have that power. A man live once. Man die once. Many have died only to regret. But you will not. And we have to do what heaven says. Look at what the Bible says here. They devoted themselves in 32, uh, 42 to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to prayer. Now go to 44 to 46. 44 to 46. It says all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possession and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. Look at 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They broke bread in their home and ate together. Give me the King James Version of that. That for the six only. It says, and they, sold, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple. So, Christians before us, they went to church every day. You must come to church every day. And pray. Just an hour. <laughs> and breaking bread from house to house. You see, they didn't break bread in one house. That's house fellowship. Now, can I say this to you? I told you, as far as I'm concerned, I want to make sure that this church does everything as in the Bible. If you look at there, those of you who have home group already, that you have families, three families, four families or more, in one home group. What you must do, and you do that between now and Friday, whoever is the whole group coordinator, you want to give me a timetable. Because the Bible says, if five families were meeting in a home, this week we meet in my home, next week we go to your home, the next week you host it. They went from home to home to home to home. And that's what this church wants to do. So you don't do home group in just one home. If you are a family... Whoever is the owner of the house is the one who will receive all of you and is the one who will coordinate your learning for that day. Are we together now? So that everybody will be able to share the word of God. Not only that, everybody will be able to help. And when you are going to people's homes, make sure that you, you know, if, because normally when we go to homes, according to this scripture, we break bread, okay? Make sure you bring something to bless that family. Don't just go to a family and then, you know, bring something to bless that family. But if somebody doesn't have a home, then that person must know that the moment God gives him a home, it is for the Lord. Are you with me now? If you don't allow the Ark of Covenant to be brought to your home, you deprive yourself of blessing. And when you get to heaven, Jesus will ask you. And that's what I'm telling you now. Your home must be a place where... God is sought. And the last thing I will tell you to keep is 
um, Acts 17:11, he says, "Now the Berean, Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day." Whatever I would teach you, you know, I gave you many scriptures to write. When you go home every day, check it. Read more. Don't be Christians who only come to read Bible once on a Sunday. The reason why God allows some of us to be ministers of God is to teach you the Torah, the Word of God, and expect you to master it. As I quote those scriptures from my head without going to read in the Bible, it came not because I memorized it, because I read them regularly over years, and then they became part of me. You must read Bible daily. What you are taught in church, if you have daily bread, take the daily bread, keep it for one month. Let it go away. What I taught you in church, read through it for the whole day. That's what the Bereans did. They read what Paul taught them. They dug into investigation. I've talked to you many things today. Gave you several scriptures today. And I said, write them down. And I allowed you to do so. So when you get home tonight, home group, that's what you discuss. Next uh, Monday in your home, check those things whether what I'm saying is true. And ask God for more revelation so that you can dig out more information in the Bible. That is what makes a Christian. You remember the Muslim that got born again last week in our crusade, he, he prays five times a day. That is their pride. I pray five times a day. And it will be very strange for a Christian not to. We must be as religious as the Pharisees, Jesus said. So make sure you keep this in your heart and the Lord will bless you. All right, then let's um, just prepare for our tithes and offerings for today. Let's prepare for our giving. I was told that today is the last Sunday. So, it's our Thanksgiving Sunday. The Bible says, bring all your tithes and offerings to my storehouse and test me in this. If you need an envelope, please lift up your hand.